I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 25 of Season 6 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off week number five is Tierney Steele of many different podcasts, including, or most recently, (laughs) the Apocalypse Now Minute. Welcome back, Tierney. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's always hard when people ask me, oh, what what show are you from? And I'm like, way too many. (laughs) No such thing. No such thing. Do you really believe way too many? Or is it uh, just too many to to start elaborating? There's a difference. Mm, Good point. Good point. Yeah, too many to give a resume. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's fair. It would take too long to give the resume, you're saying. But that, mm-hmm. that's what your website's yeah. for. That's what IMDb's for. You know, you have all these different places where people can go to see all of the things. You can just say, you know, go to this site. Like like you t- you've told people all week, go to your site and you can see yeah. everything that you've been on. So, you know. This is also very motivating for me to go and, like, make sure it's up to date. You know, check the links and stuff like that. The little maintenance stuff you have to do. <laughs> it's always nice when I've guessed it on something and it's like, all right, I got to go check that the website's in good shape. <laughs> Okay, that, that's actually good. So, it, you know, it, it gives you a chance to, to make sure everything is refreshed properly. <laughs> but checking his website is not something George Bailey had to worry about. No, uh, no, no. no. <laughs> especially he's he's just a little too, too wet at this point. But minute 25 begins with the teachers who are shocked and laughing. Uh, some of them are shocked and some of them are laughing uh, at what's going on. And we hear people splashing in the water and it ends with an age-old question. So we will have to wait and, and till the end of the minute to find out what that age-old question is. So we ended things yesterday with the uh, pool party <laughs> mm-hmm. where, you know, we, we saw that uh, George and Mary fell into the pool and continued dancing with, uh, with Mary continuing to laugh. And we ended things with the principal diving or fake diving into the pool. You know, we, and we hear the, to, you know, today's minute begins with the payoff for that joke where we hear the splash of him uh, apparently diving into the water. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a nice uh, way to cap off the, the scene. I, I, I like the way they did it. And then we move into the next perfect scene from this movie. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Where we, it, it opens up the, first of all, we, we get about four seconds of a black screen. You know, I guess they really want to establish that there is, uh, you know, that this is a completely new place and scene and everything like that. You know, it's taken, it takes them four seconds, I guess, for for the characters to, you know, when when you're like, when you're watching a play, you know, and the lights go out for mm-hmm. a few seconds in order to change, change around the set. 
you know, so it feels that that's what they're doing here, <laughs> you know, and then we, we hear whistling and singing, you know, the, the, I guess you could say the lights come back up and we see George and Mary uh, dressed very strangely. You know, George is in a football outfit and, you know, Mary is uh, dressed in a robe. <laughs> I'm assuming that's from like the boxing team. You know how they have the robes for the boxers? You, you, is that what you think it's from? Who else would have a robe? Who else would have a Bedford Falls High bathrobe? I, I thought department? maybe, I actually was thinking that it's from like the swimming team. You know, that they had robes for them to put on oh, after they go oh. swimming. I get, yeah, that could work too. You know, but uh, more, it doesn't really yeah. fit her either, I, you know. <laughs> well, no, but I either do but that's part of the charm (laughs) that is true that is um and they're singing to each other (laughs) yes they're singing the song buffalo gals are you are you familiar with the with with the song from anywhere else besides here like do you know anything about the song so i i am familiar with the song from not from this movie but it was inspired by this movie i'm not sure if that's cheating um I mentioned at the beginning of this week watching my so-called life with my grandmother mm-hmm. and we loved that show. We watched it all. We, I think we like wrote a couple times things got canceled and we wrote like to the company. It was like, please keep making this show. Um, Did it ever work? Uh, it never worked. Um, my so-called life was made by the Bedford Falls company, which means at the end of every single episode of my so-called life, it would cut to, a shot of it's the house from above with just like one light on and it go and dance by the light of the moon every single episode um this is the same company they also did 30 something and i'm blanking on what else but there was something else that like is is recognizable as a known entity but my so-called life was was it for me and it's you, you know, when you watch shows and you get so used to the noise that comes at the end of the show from the production company, yeah, that then if they don't do it, you're really freaked out. Or like when they <laughs> change the credits music and the DVD, it's like, oh, my God, what are you doing to my brain? And that to me, like this little Buffalo Gals is is so my so-called life to me. <laughs> and it's because it's the Bedford Falls Company. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so the, the the lyrics go, Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? Come out tonight. Come out tonight. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight and dance by the light of the moon? So do you know when this when this song was originally written? No, I assumed you would do research. <laughs> yeah, and I, I did. I did. 1844. Wow. It was, a, it was originally known as Cool White, and it was uh, sung by a man named uh, John Hodges. It was created by him. It was written, published, and created by him. Um, and basically, they would alter it for wherever you know, different parts of of the the U.S. For instance, in New York, they would call they would sing New York gals, and then in Boston, they were known as Boston gals, and in Alabama, Alabama gals. There was actually a recording in 1959 by uh, Alan Lomax and Shirley Collins where they called it Alabama Girls. Uh, but obviously, the best-known version is the one here, Buffalo, which is Buffalo, New York. I never knew that. 
I always thought no. I always oh. thought it just meant like uh, you know buffalo, you know like like the uh, the animal buffalo, you know Tatanka, as oh. uh, as Dances with Wolves would say. <laughs> no, I I think because like I knew people from Buffalo, like I knew New York, and so the fact that it's like New Bedford, New York. Buffalo, like that just made sense in my brain. I never questioned that. I also, I, I was a kid. <laughs> I tease my friend who's from Buffalo all the time. When I was really little, I basically thought Buffalo was the North Pole. Because the only time I ever saw pictures or video of it on the news was when it got like, you know, 15 feet of snow or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, that looks just like the North Pole. So that's where Santa's from. And now I'm friends with someone from Buffalo and I love to tease her mercilessly. <laughs> I, I would think that she gives you more to the fact that you think it's the North Pole. <laughs> no. She's not phased by winter. <laughs> yes. In okay. the way that I am. I understand that. I'm, I, I, I grew up in Detroit. I, I in the same way. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slightly familiar with, uh, with what a winter is. <laughs> I now uh, live in, I now yeah. live in a uh, warmer climate where the winters aren't as bad. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so when. See, I when, was. Well, when I see people I cold right here, along. when I see people who are cold here, I say, you don't know what cold is. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad grew up north of Chicago. So Lake Effect was a big discussion in our house. But I grew up along Long Island Sound, which is a nice mediating effect. Never gets too hot, never gets too cold. Right. OK. Anyway, we're not here to talk about uh, mid-Atlantic <laughs> weather. Sure we are. Uh, we're here to talk about everything. That's the way this works. We're here to talk about... <laughs> Uh, how Mary's We're, hair is way too nice for having been dunked in that pool. <laughs> okay, that that's one thing we can talk about. We can also talk about the fact that the the clothes that the two of them are wearing don't fit at all. I mean, George George no. is holding up his pants because they're so big, they're about to fall down. But but I wanted to actually mm -hmm. focus on the fact that he has a number three on his shirt. Okay, mm -hmm. so obviously he's wearing uh, a a football uniform from from that time. Yep. And so it got me thinking about, you know, like the whole idea of, of numbers on jerseys and things like that. I I, basically, I did a little bit of research on who are the best athletes who wore a number three jersey. Mm. Okay. Can you think of any before, before I go into the list? Um, not for football. <laughs> no, not, not necessarily football. Um, I wasn't talking about football. It could be any, uh, oh. any sport. Babe Ruth. There you go. Okay. I, I, yeah. I knew you're I knew you're a baseball fan, so you know I knew you knew you'd <laughs> yeah. go there. Yes, so just reading about the uh photo with the big three on the back. <laughs> there you go. So um, yeah. Babe Babe Ruth, uh you know, the, the home run king had the record for the, the most number of, of home runs for a very long time. Uh, what was it about eighty years that, that he held it? No, maybe a little less. Oh no, but it it was a long time. <laughs> yeah, so and he's right. still a top dog. <laughs> yes, for sure, he's he's number two. You know, <laughs> for the most home runs. I'm not talking about in a season. I'm talking about uh, you know over over his career. So Babe Ruth wore the number three. You know, the New York Yankee player. Uh, he played uh, from 1914 to 1935. He won the World Series seven times. His number three jersey was was retired by the Yankees. Another Yankee who started his career with the number three is uh, A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. 
Um, he had the number three jersey when he was playing for both the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. But when he joined the Yankees, he couldn't get that number because it was already re- <laughs> it was already used and and uh, you know retired. <laughs> wow, I didn't even realize that. That's cool. Yeah. Do, do you know what his number was? What what number he took when he went to the Yankees? I don't remember. You're gonna tell me, and I'm gonna be like, I knew that, but I don't. <laughs> uh, thirteen. He was un- unlucky number thirteen. But uh, See, I love the number thirteen. So okay, I, I I wasn't stating you know whether I think it's unlucky or not. It's just known as an unlucky number. <laughs> you know whether whether it is or isn't. But uh, you know the fact that he was a fourteen-time All Star and three-time uh, uh, American League MVP and World Series champion, he probably isn't too worried about the fact that maybe the number thirteen is is not uh, you know is not necessarily a good number. Basketball. So you have Allen uh, Iverson, played, mm. he was NBA, started, he, he uh, was drafted in 1996. He played for Philadelphia 76ers, and he has uh, he was also the number three. In uh, professional football, you go really far back. Uh, you, you have uh, a, a player named uh, Bronco Nagurski, who was a Hall of Famer. Who, uh, That's won- a cool name won two uh, NFL championships and then he ended up moving on to becoming a professional wrestler. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's uh then uh <laughs> Chris Paul, also a basketball player. He played for the uh New Orleans Hornets and the LA Clippers. And he was his his nickname was actually CP3. Nice. Yeah. Who else we got here? Jimmy Fox. Who I the, just was looking at uh, at Red Sox number threes, and Jimmy Fox was the first one that came up. There you go. Yeah, so he played for for both the Philadelphia Philadelphia Athletics, Boston Red Sox, and uh, so he was also number three. Who else we had? There are a whole bunch of other uh, players that uh, that had the number. Uh, Alan Trammell. That's just from my uh, Detroit upbringing. So I bring that back up. <laughs> uh, he was the shortstop for the for the Tigers in the eighties. Uh, Bryce Harper, Harmon Killebrew. So you, you know there 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 are some uh, uh, players from back then that uh, that that used the number three. Yeah. So the the two of them are are walking through what you can uh, you can clearly see is a set. You know because it it, it uh, the the bushes on the side look really really fake. <laughs> As as they're walking and singing, you know, and and they're both carrying their wet clothes in their hands. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got his uh, uh, tux, you know, bundled up, and she. Yeah. It it. I, I don't know if it's such a good thing for her to be, you know, holding her dress this way. You know, I I don't know if it's a very good thing for the dress in the end that, you know, she does that. Uh, I up? think if this dress <laughs> is donezo, it was already donezo. You know, like her rolling it up into a ball isn't going to do more harm than the pool did. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. And then George says to her, oh, hot dog, just like an organ. Now, I have no idea what he's talking about there, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's his way of expressing that that she sings as well as an organ would sing. You know, if you're yeah, playing an I organ. Think that's, 
they're, I think they're making fun of the way they're singing. Yeah. That they, they sound like a wheezing organ or something. Could be. And she responds, beautiful. And then he looks at her and says, I told Harry I thought I'd be bored to death. I love that. I, I had that <laughs> line noted down. Yeah. He's just so shocked. Like, this worked out. And then, yeah, he says, I guess I'm not quite the football type. That was the other one where I'm like, you did a good job. But well, before he says that, he says to them, you should have seen a commotion in that locker room. I had to knock down three people to get the stuff we're wearing here. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great example of, like, movie make. You know, like, I appreciate a movie that tosses in the line to explain how something happened. I appreciate That's right. that. That's right. Just to Again, that they... I could have used a line on where Marty was at the wedding. <laughs> That's right. But it wasn't as important as explaining how, because this shows how chivalrous he is. You know, the fact that he was willing mm-hmm. to to fight three other guys in order to get, you know, a robe for, for Mary. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he gave her the better option. Well, I don't think he would have given her the football uniform. You thought he would do that? Well, if he didn't have anything better, <laughs> ah, okay. I think of the football uniform and a robe, he gave her the better option. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, yes and no. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that next week as to which is the better option. I don't know. You know, mm. but still. <laughs> and then uh, he says, let me hold that old dress of yours. And then she looks at him and goes, do I look as funny as you do? And he goes, well, I guess mm-hmm. I'm not quite the football type. <laughs> and then she says, you That's look wonderful. Sweet. And he goes, you know, if it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town. Well, mm-hmm. why don't you say it? I don't know. Maybe I will say it. <laughs> you know, he's he's definitely uh, less oblivious today than he was the, the rest of this week. You know, I love their flirting. Yes. You say, like, no wonder everyone fell in love with Donna Reed. Like... I get it. I get it watching this minute. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's also because of, of the, the, the banter between the two of them is is written so well and they both deliver it so well that it's so believable that that you know that these two people have been uh, she's been eyeing him for years and he's noticed her but hasn't really noticed her until now. Mm-hmm. And now he notices her. <laughs> exactly. And then she then uh you know, and and by him saying maybe I will say it, you know, it's, he's teasing her also. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I was someone else, maybe I would say that, but I don't know. Who knows? And then he looks at her and goes, "How George old are you?" George Bailey's got moves. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, "How old are you anyway?" It's pretty funny that he actually needs to ask this question uh, again. This is more for mm-hmm. us than for 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 him mm-hmm. or for her. And then she goes, 18. He goes, 18? Why? It was only last year that you were 17. <laughs> and so and not only is is he, not only does George Bailey got moves, but George Bailey also knows math. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there might have been a moment where he was like, I'm getting along with this girl. This is great. And then he's like, wait a minute. Was she Harry's age? Or was she younger? Because if she's younger, I'm in trouble. <laughs> like, before this goes any further, I better make sure. <laughs> That's true. Awesome. <laughs> yes, he, he should be very, very careful here. 
<laughs> the fact that he says like why it was only like like that makes me think he was thinking about you know like oh no i better you, make but sure but do you think do you think that's do you think he's asking this seriously or do you think it's it's more of his way of joking around with her i don't i don't i i i have trouble believing the I fact don't know. i have trouble believing the fact that he's saying this seriously you know i don't i don't think he's thinking of you know statutory well, at this point that's like not what's joke. going. But like, if it's to flirt with her, why? <laughs> because I think that the the joke is is that you know he has noticed her but hasn't noticed her, or you know, you, or you can say the other way, he hasn't noticed her but noticed her. You know, I think that's what it comes down mm. to. And he's basically saying, "How old are you? You know, like, how come it's taking me so long to actually notice you?" Aww. I think that I I think that's more more along the lines. Again, I don't think George. I don't think George Bailey is a guy who, first and foremost, is thinking, "Okay, is this going to be considered statutory?" I, I don't think so. Well, I don't think that's the word he would use. But no, probably, well, probably he might be not. like, "Wow, I really like her." Jailbait. And then all of a sudden, look at her and be like, "Oh crap." <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So should we say jailbait? I don't think that's what he's thinking. You know, yeah. by, by that, I I think he's he's got much uh, purer motives. At this point, Aww. you know, I don't think I mean, I've I've heard people that have problems with this part of the movie because because they think mm -hmm. they're, they're looking at it from uh, the perspective of today. You know, where they say, oh, th this is wrong. George should not be acting this way. And I, I personally have really. Little, yes, I, I have a little bit of trouble with that because I, I think this is all being shown in an innocent uh, manner. I don't think that it's uh, She's predatory. She's 18. He's what? At most 22? At most? Probably no, well, we, like we know exactly how old he is. That's he's 20. Deal. He's 20 or 21, depending on when he was born. Okay. He was born in 1907. And she's 18. That's right. Yes, but I've I've heard so, people who have told me that, who have said to me that, that they don't like these scenes because it's very predatory. The way that he acts. Especially with things that happen next year, you know. So well, I'm, I mean, okay. Yeah, I won't spoil next week, but right. But again, I, um, I have I have trouble believing that that's what was meant here, and that yeah. it, it's hard. It's hard. It's it's harder for me to look at it and say, oh well, okay, that 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 was just wrong the way that they did it. You know, I think it works really well, and I don't see, and I think it was done all in an innocent way. But who knows? Maybe next week we'll we'll get we'll get deeper into that uh, in, into that theory. You know, we'll, we'll have That's to wait fun. until next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For now, we're still good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, right. So, so basically, this establishes that Mary is uh, Harry's age. You know, this is her. Yeah. graduation or whatever you know it, it, because because of the fact that she's 18 unless unless she either skipped a year or was left back a year or something like that but uh you know again i, I don't think we need to get too far into the math of the whole thing i think we can look at it yeah. at face value and say okay so you know marty and george are the same age and both their parent both uh george's parents and both of mary's or marty's parents waited two years and then had their next kid, you know, that type of thing. So that they all yep. match up. And, you know, as far as we know, each of the family only had two kids, you know, that, that was it. You know, 
Who knows how many M kids there are running around the Hatch household? <laughs> That's right. Can you can you think of any other names besides Marty and Mary that that are uh, close enough? I don't know. Margaret, Martha. No, Maggie. I'm just right. No, but I was talking about you know that they use the same letters. <laughs> uh, Martha, actually, Martha would fit in there, you know, because yeah. it's just just quickly changing the the a few of the letters. Yeah. Okay. Martha, Martha. Mm. Martin. <laughs> well, no, Martin and Marty uh, are the same ones, so you, you know. Eh. Yeah. Who knows? You spell it with a Y instead. It could be a girl's name. Who knows these days? <laughs> That's true, but but I doubt in 1928, yeah. you know, that they did that. M M A A R T Y N. It reminds me of. Uh, have, have you seen Yay. Have you seen L.A. Story with uh, Steve Martin? No. Okay, so there's there's no, a scene there's a scene where he's out on a date with Sarah Jessica Parker's character, and and uh, he, you know he or he's a, he's a, he's asking her out, and then he asks her what her name is, and she goes, "Oh, my name is Sandy," and he goes, "Oh, I'm so happy to finally meet someone whose name who has a normal name," and he starts giving some examples of of crazy names, and then she says, "Yeah, Sandy." Big S, little A, little N, big D, little E, big E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to show how names in the uh, early 90s could be a little bit uh, crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always loved that movie. I think it's a fun movie. Uh, except for the, I mean, the whole thing with the, uh, uh, with the traffic sign talking to him is a little too much. But, you know, besides that, it just, it's got some great, uh, side gags in throughout the movie. I just always think of, um, I'm pretty sure it's in the Incredible Hulk series um, with Tatiana, what's her face from uh, Orphan Black, but um, there's a character's like Crystal with a Y, but not where you think it is. <laughs> That's how she always introduces herself. Oh, you're talking about the She Hulk. Um, she Hulk. She oh, okay. Hulk. I, I, you. I thought you were talking about the Lou Ferrigno. Uh... <laughs> I, I was going all the way back there, you know, to the Bill Bixby. Uh, I don't see anyone listed as Crystal here on IMDb, but maybe it's maybe it was someone who was only in one episode. Maybe or it's not like Crystal. That. Maybe it's something else. But so th that's pretty much all I have for for this minute. Uh, next week we will have lots more to talk about uh, with when the two of them continue their uh, little game. <laughs> well, I can't leave. It's a wonderful life without mentioning the trauma that we all suffered when I went and got my master's in library science. This film is a little bit of a reputation amongst librarians as not being the best because, uh, because, the because they say that, the that she's an old maid that could possibly happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's an old maid and she she's about to close up the library. It's the drama. It's a, she's about to close up the library. And we're all like, she has our dream job. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it, think it about it. She's mentioned. not that old at that point either. You know, when she's when she's referred to as an old maid. Because, OK, we've now established. How, we can actually figure out how old she is in that scene. You know, if she was born in 1909, because she's uh, actually, no, if she's 18, she was born in 1910. 1911. Either. No, this is okay. 1928. So uh, let's let's say she, she's either born in 1909 or 19, 
1910, depending on when her birthday uh, falls out. Okay, so it could be she was 18 going on 19 or uh, whatever. And the 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 main part of the movie happens in December 1945. Okay, so therefore she is in her mid 30s when she is considered an old maid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and they obviously in that scene, which we will talk about many months from now, she looks a lot older than yeah. someone in her 30s. Yeah. You know, and they act like this is the worst thing that could ever have happened to a woman. That's right. This is the worst thing that could happen, but, happen to, again, Mary, to Mary. That is very far in your future. <laughs> yes. Very far in your future. But not I, that far. I, I'll I, get there. I would not I'll get be there. representing the library community well if I didn't mention it. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyone who is interested in hearing those minutes, if you don't want to stick around and wait until you can hear them, so you can, you know, jump jump ahead and, uh, you know, come come and come and listen to to week uh, twenty five, which is episodes one twenty one to one twenty five, which will be in the middle of April. But we, but I still want you to to listen all the way until then. You know, at that point we'll we'll see what we think of. Uh, of of Tierney's comment. <laughs> Don't worry, Tierney. I agree with you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It'll age well. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will. All right. <laughs> so every Friday, we have a segment called Oscar Oops. So the, the idea behind this this segment is the fact that in all the years of Oscar, there, there are always years where people will think that the uh, voters got it wrong and which movie they think should have won instead of uh, what actually won. And the only caveat here is it must be something that was actually nominated for Best Picture that year. This movie itself is is a clear example of that, where there are a lot of people who believe that it should have won Best Picture in 1946. It actually was a uh, box office flop. Most people didn't like it back then. It only took until, you know, the 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 70s for people to start uh, appreciating this movie much more than 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 they did but you know the fact that they at least nominated it shows that that you know that that there were people who who were able to recognize that this is a great movie again i'm not going into the debate of whether this is better than the best years of our lives you'll have to wait until the final episode to hear what i think about that one uh but so tierney what have you got for us start with your number five and work your way up. All right. So I had to kind of look at it the other way around, because like you said, there are so many movies that have been nominated Mm -hmm. that could have won Best Picture. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. But I, I, I couldn't, like, it was too overwhelming. So what I looked at were the movies where I looked at what won Best Picture that year and thought, are you kidding me? And then I looked and saw what was nominated. And in some cases, I was like, yeah, no, I guess I, I, I can see it. That makes sense. Um, you know, like Gigi. I was like, Gigi won Best Picture. And then I'm like, okay, well, this canceled out. And this wasn't as... So, okay, fine. Um, so I looked for the most egregious, <laughs> are you kidding me, uh, things that were missed. And you know what? Apocalypse Now is not on the list. Spoiler alert for people who thought I was going to come here and talk about how it should be Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer is a great movie. And even if it hadn't, I think Breaking Away or Norma Ray would have had a better shot that year. Anyway. All right. So uh, number five. Is that how we're doing things? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have it as a tie only because I'm not like trying to weasel out. It's that. 
I did not see the movie that did win Best Picture this year. And so I felt kind of funny saying, oh, this should have won. But the fact that Judas and the Black Messiah did not win, I think is a crime. Uh, that year, Nomadland won. And here's the thing. I didn't see Nomadland. And Frances McDormand is pretty dang awesome. So if if I am in the wrong there and no, it absolutely is the best picture winner, then I would say I would have taken uh, 1968's Romeo and Juliet over Oliver. <laughs> Wait a second. That's, um, that's your number five. Which is your, Now you've confused me as to which is your number five. Number five <laughs> is it could be it could be Judas and the Black Messiah. Or it could be Romeo and Juliet. Ah, okay. Um, now that that Romeo and Juliet uh, has uh, has always been uh, stuck in my mind because in seventh grade they show the, our our English teacher showed it to us, and the idea yeah. of showing a movie with full frontal nudity, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, you know, to to yeah, a bunch yeah. of to a bunch of uh, twelve and thirteen year olds, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's absolutely wonderful and that's fair. And you know, I, I have nothing against Oliver, but sure, we'll go with that if if I'm wrong about no madness. Uh number four is Black Swan. Um, only because Black Swan lost to The King's Speech, which is a wonderful movie. I love the movie The King's Speech. But really, you're gonna give best picture to the King's Speech over Black Swan? Are you kidding me? Number three is Life is Beautiful, which did win a lot of Oscars, but it didn't win Best Picture. And boy, howdy, should Life is Beautiful have won Best Picture instead of Shakespeare in Love? Another movie that I love. It's just, it's not a Best Picture. Come on, what are we doing here, people? Number two, and my most egregious, this should have won instead, Black Panther. Now, I know Black Panther was never going to win Best Picture, I accept that, but it lost Best Picture to Green Book. Are you kidding me? No. Black Panther. (laughs) And number one in my Are You Kidding Me, Oscar Oops, is Goodfellas. Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves was only made to be freaking Oscar bait. And Goodfellas is amazing (laughs) and should have been a Best Picture. Okay. And that's my list. <laughs> that that is a great list. I I don't agree with all of them, but uh, yep. I I completely understand where you're going. Let let's put it this way: of the ones that you mentioned, three out of five of them, I definitely agree that those movies should not have won Best Picture. You know, who <laughs> should have won? I think is something else. I mean, for for me, that's, and this is no I'm surprise just... for anyone who knows me. Definitely, Shakespeare in Love should not have won because I thought Saving Private Ryan should have won. But you know, we we won't say where that will be on my list. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's because when I was looking at like the 40s and 50s, there were so many where the nominations where I was like, oh my god, that could have won, that could have won, that could have won. And then I look at what did win, and I'm like, okay, but I get it. Like, is it what I would have chosen? No, but it's not a like Oscar oops. <laughs> Correct. You're right for sure. So for yeah. Sure. Okay, that is definitely fair. So thank you very much for 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 that uh, for the for that list and for your explanations. <laughs> so Tierney, would you like one final time this season to explain to people uh, where they can find uh, Tierney Steele? Huzzah! Well, I am Tierney Steele, and I mentioned I have a sister, and so I am 
One Steel Sister on social media and at the website, onesteelsister.com. And I've been doing this podcasting thing since 2017. I actually, I started recording in 2016. Um, and it just keeps going. <laughs> so check me out there. And uh, thanks for having me on. This is a really fun, really fun group of minutes. Well, you you, you chose them. So that 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 works. <laughs> that that helps, you know, when, when you know which which minutes you, you want. So mm -hmm. uh, but but I, I will, you know, uh, at least let people know that that you were debating between this week and next week. You know, you didn't know which one yes. you want to take. So, you know, I, I but I, I think I, I chose well. I mean, I that's what I was about to say. I think you chose. Lot, and that's super fun. I was going <laughs> to I was going to say that I think you chose well. You know, uh, I, I will not say you chose poorly. You chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wisely. That's right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Mover a Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website, MoverAMinute.com. And you can find me on Twitter slash X. Uh, so, Tierney, thank you very much for joining me this week. Um, I really enjoyed myself. I, I learned a lot. Hope you did, too. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, and yeah, I hope you had a fun time. So that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I will be back on Monday with a new guest, but until then, hot dog. Hot dog. Like an organ. I love you truly, truly dear. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. 